Welcome to and Almost Starring, the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And Jesus loves winners. We're looking at Drop Dead Gorgeous. For better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring. Amy Joe, how are you doing today? Oh gosh, Jeff. I'm really <laughs> please, excited. Please spend the entire episode talking in this Minnesotan accent. I'm gonna drive our Midwestern listeners to distraction. Uh I just had a real good time watching all these accents just come through like a sledgehammer in oh, this boy. movie. Yeah. Absolutely. How are you, Jeff? Oh, I'm just doing fine there, Amy Joe. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, this is a listener request from Kate. Kate! So, <laughs> thank you, Kate. Thank you so much. <laughs> and if you want to request a film as well, email us at endalmoststarring at gmail.com and let us know what film do you want us to break down that casting of. Uh, so let's get into it. Drop Dead Gorgeous is a comedy that came out on July 23rd, 1999, and was directed by Michael Patrick Jan and written by Lona Williams. Amy Joe, what's your experience with Drop Dead Gorgeous? I was the target demo for this film. Um, I think Kirsten Dunst is like one year older than me. Oh, so wow. It's very much like it hit when I was in high yeah. school. I haven't seen it in low these many years and it does it does feel a lot different watching it now that, that's true there there are quite a few elements of the film that uh there's, there's not even like they don't hold up because like it's not like they held up in 1999 but it's just like of the lens of what qualified as humor and satire yeah, i think we would even if you were to take some of the same elements like the the previous winner who is in the eating disorders wing the mm -hmm. sort of thing like there are ways you could handle that that would still be satirical, but might, I don't know, I feel like we've had to, and it's good, get less lazy in our comedy uh, in more recent years. I mean, like, well, is there oh, definitely. a way to do that more incisively, you know? And certainly there's certain things like the brother of the hardware store guy. There's there's zero reason for that character to exist and certainly for him to be. Or specifically being, to exist in in the way that they have. Yes. Have well, are highlighting. Yes, this a mentally challenged a, a, brother who's played by Will Sasso of yeah. Mad TV. It was just like, oh, this is with, with all With all of the nuance that you would expect from someone known for Mad, Mad TV. TV. And uh, I believe he played Curly in that Three Stooges movie that came out a little while back with uh sean wow. hayes wow uh, yeah uh, to so, be honest this so is the first i'm hearing of that, that. <laughs> good for you yep. on that no 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 not many heard and then the the, the like there's elements like the japanese american immigrants who adopt a white daughter and they clearly have this like also very stylish teenage daughter. like there's there's stuff there that could be unpacked in a way that isn't so cringy but that's right, not exactly right. how in 99 i'm sorry the the mentally challenged brother that that was not acceptable even in ninety nine. I don't know like, what anyone was thinking. With I don't that. know either. I get in terms of the uh, former winner being in the eating disorder. Totally twins. get what I get it if that. you're trying to satirize these beauty Completely. contests. Uh, there's a and there are it's it's a tricky line. I will say. I think it comes close. Um, yeah. but I you know, but it's it it like watching. It, I'm like, there, I think there are ways you could do it today that would still be like cringy in a way that 
furthers your storytelling rather than right. makes me go, oh, God, there's probably a better well, way to do this. Well, it's also that we've just, re- you know, we've learned better, I feel, yeah. as a society of to not be punching down, uh, you know, is, is is like when the where are the who where are the Particularly jokes? Particularly in satire. What are the, what are the targets? You yeah. know, exactly. Definitely. Especially in satire. When though, you're when, in theory, you're you're trying to say something. It's yeah, just yeah. through this lens of comedy. And it's like, well, you're saying it, but I think you could also actually be saying it in a. Oh, and just in just a clearer, sharper way that also, as you say, is not punching down. Yeah, definitely. And I had only seen this movie once before. I had uh, was visiting my good friend Robin, and we were both just like, "Oh, we'll just watch movies." And like, so I'll present a movie you've never seen, and you'll present one that I've never seen. So we watched Drop Dead Gorgeous, which I had never seen. Uh, and I made her watch uh, Phil the Alien, which is a wow, what Canadian a double feature comedy that maybe cost $200 to make about uh, an alien that lands from space and promptly gets drunk and spends most of the film drunk. Uh, and there's a talking beaver puppet. It's uh, it's a toss up on which film is better. I do think Drop Dead Gorgeous is probably the better yes. made film. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? I've seen, you I did make you watch, watch Phil the Phil Alien the as alien. well. Drop Dead uh, Gorgeous is vastly <laughs> superior. Vastly. Hot takes out the gate. Uh, after we've just talked about all the things that, you know, well, there's a lot less problematic there's elements also in a lot that's great the, about this the movie. canadian comedy fill the alien <laughs> what are you recommending this week amy joe fill the alien nope Cana- no okay fair enough uh so spoilers ahead if you have not seen drop dead gorgeous or haven't seen it in a while here's a brief ish synopsis also real quick we were gonna do this film like months ago that uh kate had requested this and this film we could not find anywhere we were literally geared up to go rent it on amazon and it was like <laughs> no no i don't think so it's like can we, we rent it off voodoo no you DVD. would have to buy yes we had to have to abide buy we'd have to buy the dvd we have to bought a hard copy dvd of drop dead gorgeous because it was not only not streaming anywhere but you could not even rent it of anywhere uh but now it is streaming again on hbo max so whatever we, randomly happened it is now know. we had resigned ourselves to being a drop dead gorgeous list podcast <laughs> Now, yes. here we are. We had almost dropped Drop Dead Gorgeous <laughs> from the lineup, um, and now we are back. So here is a brief-ish synopsis. In 1995, Mount Rose is preparing for its annual beauty pageant, the Sarah Rose Cosmetics American Teen Princess Pageant. I would like to shout out the writers for choosing as many place names and character names that would sound good in this accent as possible. That. Yeah. Mont Rose and Sarah Rose and Amber Atkin. Like it's, I mean, it's very obviously people who are like, I know I, how to make things sound funny in this dialect. Yes. Well, the writer, uh, Lona Williams, I believe, uh, is from the Midwest. And she wrote this. She'd like done these pageants and like she'd won and like had wow. gotten scholarships and like it helped her get out of town. So she kind of wrote it, a lot of it based on that, uh, including that her town was Rose Mount. So she like flipped mm-hmm. the two uh, for the film, That's which I great. thought was fun. Uh, so we meet the many girls hoping to win, including Amber Atkins, an optimistic teenager who signs up in order to follow in the footsteps of her idols, her mother, Annette, a former contestant and television news reporter, Diane Sawyer. And I love this runner of getting to see her practice her talent of tap dancing while working at her job at the morgue, applying makeup to the corpses of just like when she's doing dabbing a brush on this head. She's doing like buffaloes around (laughs) the head of this gentleman and just like powdering him when she should be doing like out in out in of her hands in the the number. It's a stupid bit, but it made me laugh (laughs) every time. Uh, and, And that like, yeah, that dark comedy which is what this film is right. i love that we pretty early on 
we get this one contestant who immediately dies who's on a thresher that like goes this long shot that slowly goes over a hill and it finally goes out of view and then explodes i did love watching this with you because i knew you probably remembered very little yes and i had forgotten a lot but i knew enough to know like as soon as she's on the thresher goodbye tammy so that shot happened i was like wow this is very early in the film but just watching your face go to what yeah yeah well i was just like well why did they hold on this shot so long because now it's out of (laughs) well it's because we don't want the money to blow up a thresher so you just wait till it's like out of view and then you just cut to an explosion uh but i was just like like what's wrong with this editor like come on cut to the next scene my guy and then i was like oh i see (laughs) there's an an explosion happening uh amber and her mother live in a small trailer near their friend loretta in stark contrast to fellow contestant Rebecca Becky Lehman, the daughter of the richest man in town, and his wife Gladys Lehman, the head of the pageant organizing committee and a former winner. In the run-up to the pageant, yes, there are multiple deaths and accidents that befall several of the contestants. There's that hunting accident, which I was just like sad the first time I saw the film because this guy that like has yeah. no interest in Becky and is like seems really interested in Amber and then is immediately like she's at the morgue and she goes to do makeup and pulls the sheet back and it's him. And I was like, oh, I'm bummed out now as you cut to Denise Richards' Becky like loading her sh- her gun. She's like a member of like the Rifles Association. She's or the, vice, the president vice president until Tammy right. Curry kicks the bucket and then, oh, she's, she's the president. The president yikes yikes it was like from there on i was like i i think want- it's the ladies lutheran gun club or something like that yes i think that's right uh yes we we get the one the one contestant who gets like the light dropped on her head because she switched places with kirsten dunst with with amber so amber almost pulls out of the pageant after receiving a threatening note and her mother is injured in an explosion at their mobile home where the beer can is just like melted into her hand it's like that's a pretty gross little special effect that it first is. that first uh the first time you see it um, i love that they also are like we can't possibly figure out what to do with it just so that they can like continue yeah, to use she has this that. beer can although it is good of loretta the of course incomparable allison Janney mvp of being like you should just see if there's like a little left in there of, of ellen barkin just like shooting back the rest of this charred can oh my stuck gosh. to her this, hand the the double whammy of this and american beauty was my intro to alice and janney yeah i'd forgot i haven't seen american beauty in like since it came out she's so a I lot more fun in this that one she <laughs> what and not in that yuck fest american beauty you, you, <laughs> Where you she find sits it, catatonic at a dinner table ma- married to you know uh repressed closeted nazi chris cooper <laughs> Yeah, no, not not as many yucks in uh, not American as many Beauty. Yucks. Uh, no, no. Uh, so they convince her to still compete. But at the pageant, Amber's dance costume goes missing. And she blames Becky, of course, because Becky is the worst. It's great, too, because they've you know obviously done this in the style of a mockumentary. So then getting to see this moment where no one is like directly addressing the camera but it's like they're really like having a fight. Yeah, it was yeah. really exciting because you feel the shift, you know. Definitely, yeah. Uh, and pageant choreographer, underrated character, Cloris Klinghagen, Cloris. with an H after that C, Cloris Klinghagen. <laughs> Beautiful work from this from this character character actor. Uh, gives Amber a new costume, but Amber's told that she can't perform due to her new costume not being approved weeks in advance. All this, as she says, this is this is Nazi Germany, and it's, it's like, where do where do they get this stuff? To, to the woman whose whose name I forget, who is fantastic as Gladys's number two. Yes, she's I forget so offhand funny. what her name was, but she and that actress, but she's the one in the first 
I, I forget if she's in all three of the Austin Powers movies, but she's in those first right. two as like the Dr. Evil's hench woman. Yeah, maybe? she's Frau Some something. Fra- Frau something, I yeah. keep wanting to say Frau Blucher, which is obviously the no. wrong <laughs> right. comedy. Yes, different Farbissena. Frau Farbissena. Um, but she, yeah, she's fantastic. Uh, so she gets told, yeah, you can't wear that. So Amber's friend and fellow contestant Lisa decides to drop out of the pageant in order to give her own approved costume to Amber. The- oh, wait, can we also say, so this is the sister whose brother is the drag queen in New York. Yes. This is Brittany Murphy. And there's a moment, because we watch we watch these movies with the uh, subtitles, subtitles on, on, so that we can just, like, make sure we're getting all of it to provide the most for our listeners. And so she's talking about her brother dressing up as Liza Minnelli, and it was spelled Lisa well, in the caption. she said, it's like, the, the family, we already have one Liza in the family, and the caption spell it Lisa. I, I couldn't. <laughs> It was so good. <laughs> like it's Liza with a Z. I feel like that's got to be a joke on the person who knew the subtitles because it's also the character's name is Lisa. So it's like, I feel like that they are like, that has to be. That feels like it's just sloppy. <sighs> I'm choosing to believe it is a purposeful joke. You can joke. go ahead. That's Listener, if you a... wrote the captions for Drop Dead Did Gorgeous, well, please captioning. write in and let us know if you were making a Liza with a Z joke. Uh, and then we get one of the most infamous scenes of the film, which is Becky. Oh my God. Becky's talent, which is uh, singing Can't Take My Eyes Off of You as she dances with a life-size Jesus doll on a crucifix, uh, which is funny. On It's on rollers, no less. On rollers. And the arms are like Velcroed to the cross so she can like <laughs> them off to hug herself with them and then them back on. This is... I mean, and like I grew up in Texas, so there were people I knew who were offended by this, of course, because that's also the intention. But like this to me is successful satire. That's like, oh, yes, we are taking something that you believe someone would do. Well, this is when you told me that there are couples who try to plan of like, no, we have to get. Conceive so that our child can play baby Jesus in the past. When we have the child, yes, it will be the right amount of time so that baby will be the baby Jesus in the past. That is not an exaggeration. My mind. Yeah. My mom was talking about it the other week. And that's satire. Yes. Because that is. Because it's based in such reality. Not that the other stuff isn't, but it's not. This was a smart usage of it. Because I'm sure that someone has done a dance for their talent with a Jesus doll. A hundred percent. I mean, the maybe the, they didn't then carry the cross themselves. Oh my gosh! Oh but my gosh! I wouldn't be surprised if they did. The the girl doing the ASL that made me laugh in a similar way because this is also a very Lutheran community, and like where I grew up, it's mainly Baptists, Methodists, and Lutherans. And there would be like at the Christmas pageant a lot of times in church service. We had this huge choir. And you would sometimes have a couple people come down and sign. These were not sign language interpreters. These are members of the choir who learned this, the ASL symbols and then would do like dramatic. It was kind of like choreographed hand dancing mm-hmm. using ASL. But the fervor with which they did it was always so funny because it's just like you're not. I don't even know how accurate you really are. And I don't know if you know how accurate you are, but it's just like the drama was very accurately conveyed by this particular contestant of this just like dramatic signing of this song. I was like, yeah, I mean, I saw that a lot at my Baptist church. Right. And then you get, yeah, she's the one that gets the light dropped on her head, which then renders her deaf. But as she is fluent in ASL, she's ecstatic about it. Mm -hmm. I feel like we could have checked in with her at the end. I feel like we could have as well. It's a weird ending where we only check in with Kirsten Dunst, Kirstie Alley, and Amy Amy Adams. Adams. Randomly. Who I forgot that that was Amy. I remembered this character, 
but she didn't look like Amy Adams. Her feature to film me. debut. Well, she was a wee baron. Just a wee baron. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Amy Adams later. But uh, apparently, which is weird, then watching it because I knew this fact because I do all the research and then we watch the films that a ton of background actors walked off set during the "Can't Take My Eyes Off You" scene because <gasps> they were offended. Sure. But then watching it, it's like you never see the audience and her performing in the same shot. It's you're just seeing her perform on stage. So I'm like, who? Oh, I wonder if they did some over the shoulder stuff. Maybe they did, but then they were they like, couldn't. well, we can't do this. I bet they couldn't people use People are it. walking out. Maybe, maybe. Uh, oh, well. man. <laughs> oh, man. It's pretty amazing. I, I was disappointed, in, honestly, in how short it was. A lot of a lot of these little bits, it was like suddenly it felt like we were rushing by. It was like mm-hmm. I could have done with twice the length For behind sure. this scene. Uh, so we then get Amber performing her tap dance number to a standing ovation. And when the winners are announced, cheerleader Leslie Miller, the aforementioned Amy Adams, is named second runner-up. She's like, I came in second. You were third. What? <laughs> Amber is named first runner-up with Becky Lehman taking first place. But during the victory parade the next day, Becky is killed in a freak accident when the elaborate swan float on which she is riding bursts into flames and explodes. The grief-stricken Gladys, her mother, flies into a blind rage and admits to having killed blown up that thresher with tammy at the beginning of the movie and to be responsible for all the attempts against amber and is immediately arrested which leaves amber as the new pageant winner and then we just kind of quickly quickly ish i was like is the movie's not over i was like oh we've kind of now have lost all of our cast except Mm -hmm. for amber uh and loretta which is great which i wonder i think that like they had ellen barkin for like two weeks to film and, but it's there's so much of the movie where it feels like this should probably be the mom. Right. And maybe it's just like, well, Ellen Barkin is more of a name, but she's only available for this so week. We'll so we'll just have her we'll recovering. Replace it. Yeah. yeah. And we'll have all these scenes in the hospital or all these scenes like kind of off on our own. And yeah, then that's it, true. But Alice I also pick up the slack. really enjoyed that because it felt very true to life that it's yeah. like there are people in your life who maybe aren't your parent who are like a, a parental figure that you end up spending oh, yeah. a lot of time with in this way. Like she's like an aunt. And it means we get that much more Alice and Janie in the the home stretch, which is exactly what I wanted. It was like, this is like, we're like, oh, well, because it feels like, okay, the the competition's done. And now the winner is blown up in a swan float. The movie should be over in five minutes. And we're going off like another like almost 15. But that means we're getting all of Alice and Janie (laughs) kissing this bartender, having some sexy times. And I'm here for all of it. Uh, but yes, Amber then wins Minnesota American Teen Princess title by default after all the other contestants fall ill with seafood-related food poisoning. Do you and see how much, like, everyone's like, oh, I'm going to get me three lobster tails. You, and, you know, look, I, I don't eat seafood. I don't eat any kind of meat. And as I say, I don't eat meat so that there's more meat for everyone else. I do not judge others for eating meat. But I will say it's always in the back of my mind of, like, why don't you eat meat? Why don't you eat seafood? You know, I, I've never gotten food poisoning. And because uh, I'm not yeah. risking eating, you know, hotel buffet shellfish. No, I that's that is uh, beyond w- what I will do. Uh, <laughs> no, thank you. That I was watching that. I was like, I'm getting nauseous just looking at this. Oh yeah, not for me. No, the, no, thank you. Oh no, uh, no, thank you. Uh, yeah. So then Amber gets an all expenses paid trip to the National Sarah Rose American Teen Princess pageant, only to find that the cosmetics company has been shut down by the IRS for tax evasion. And a few years later, Gladys escapes from prison 
and is sniping from the top of the Mount Rose supermarket, declaring her intent to take revenge on Amber. And during the six-hour police standoff, a television reporter is hit by a stray bullet. So Amber picks up her microphone and takes over reporting the story, impressing the news station. And the film closes with a scene showing Amber as co-anchor of the evening news for Minneapolis, St. Paul, thus living her dream of possibly becoming the next Diane Sawyer. I wondered... Did that reporter die? She seemed to take her well, job. It said hit by a stray bullet. Although, well, she's in the field. So she's now, she got, oh, that's true. like a co-anchor. So I would assume that, you know, that's like, you really, or, or you know, she could have started as a, on in, you know, in the field reporter okay. and then got yeah. I thought that there was a line but. about like, eventually taking her job or taking her something like that maybe i'm i mean she could be it, it was it's uh, it's hard to tell from the shot if she was like is she dead did she get murdered or is she just like hit by the bullet we don't we don't get like a ow i'm okay ish uh in the background so Yikes. i don't know i don't know close call for me <laughs> just all these looping all the adr people like not liking that she's murdered <laughs> it's just like you just hear off camera like okay i'll be down here but i am applying pressure i'm making it through <laughs> Please, a mutinous loop group please call my emergency contact please call my husband he'll want to know i'm okay and to reiterate i am okay but you're doing a great job sweetie you're doing so good we have an opening i can show you around i could be your mentor Ooh, it is still hurting it's not like i'm not injured i better go get I'll an ambulance okay. I'll I'll call him myself. I'm good enough to call 911 myself. You keep reporting the story. Don't yeah, Kirsten Dunst, don't get me help. Let Take him know my at job. Home what's happening. Let him know. You do a great job there, honey. You just do a great job there. And they oh nope, I'm dying. I'm dying. Uh oh. Oh, this is taking a turn. Oh no, I'm I've got my second wind. I'm pulling through. And we're okay. The casting director of Drop Dead Gorgeous was John Papsidera. Papsidera, a two-time Emmy winner for casting the TV movies Lackawanna Blues and Live from Baghdad, has also cast such films as Tenet, Jurassic World, and previous episodes Enchanted, speaking of Amy Adams, uh -huh. Batman oh. Begins, and Catwoman. So let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast. Some of these people may have auditioned. Some may have just been discussed by casting. This is all subjective. And as always, I have looked up all the actors in advance. And Amy Jo is hearing it along with you, listener, for the very first time. Wow. So let's kick things off with Amber Atkins. Amy Jo, your thoughts on Kirsten Dunst? And who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? Doing a rewatch of this, I... I, and I had been thinking this, but I really realized how much credit we have not given Kirsten Dunst. Agreed. She is so funny and charming and like so down to earth in a way that is actually, I think, difficult for a lot of people who have, I don't know, been making movies since they were seven or something. Yeah. Um, she's great in this. Like she she's very funny, but also like is not trying to be like she really nails the comedic tone required from her like really well and yeah to be able to just like do yeah do the do the tap dancing around the guy's head like do, just that sort oh. of thing like nailing that kind of comedy but just never which is interesting never winking but that is one of the things with this film i do think that tonally the performances are all over the place yes because some are presented like as a mockumentary it's like some are doing like no no as a mockumentary like look at the christopher guest playbook as outrageous as they are they're no one's winking they're like all like so serious like Parker they are Posey themselves is, like always 
deadly serious in a Christopher yeah. Guest film. And that's you know? why they're so screamingly funny. Yeah. And I think Kirsten Dunst is like, she just feels so real. Yeah. It's like, it's like when you have the people that are really kind of leaning into the character-iness mm-hmm. that it gets a little wobbly for me. But mm-hmm. when you're just like being like, oh, I'm an out, is it somewhat of an outrageous character, but they're presenting so humanly yeah. uh, is for me where all the comedy comes from. And I think she's so successful. At I agree. That. I think she's great. Um, I, I do have one, one quick anecdote about her. So my college uh, classmate, Dylan Bullard, credited here as Ashley Dylan Bullard, is one of the two girls in the bathroom. Yes, I believe she's credited yes. as Fly Girl, <laughs> which Fly also girl. feels like an extremely 90s way to describe uh, a, a lot of eyeliner. Yeah, she was in the bathroom smoking. She was on her five from uh, In Living Color. She had to go join up with J-Lo and the yeah. rest yeah. of the fly girls. Yeah, so she she um, was local. She was a local hire. And she she told this story about, I think, like, the when they weren't filming in the gym, that was, like, where they were all holding, um, that high school gym. Mm-hmm. And she was, like, talking about there was one day on set where – I don't I think it was the Beatles that someone was talking about or some particular song of the Beatles. So that sounds like that's a wild thing uh, to follow up with the rest of this anecdote. But like there was some song that Dylan hadn't heard. She's like, oh, I don't know that song. And Kirsten Dunst was like, what? You don't know this song? And like pulls her over into the bleachers. She has these big headphones that she puts like one end on Dylan's ear and one end on her own ear and is playing it. So their heads are squashed together in these headphones. And she's like bobbing along like, isn't this great? (laughs) Dylan's like, yes. Also weird. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, But yeah, also, if you look closely, this is one of her favorite things to tell. She's she. I, I don't know if she provided all her own wardrobe, you know, yeah. sometimes when you're a local hire and you have a small, you know, smaller budgeted film like this, they're not going to be like, hey, we're going to outfit you completely right. when you can just show up in your own flannel. But um, she's wearing, if you look closely, a little treble clef necklace, which Dylan's <laughs> always been like, that character shouldn't have been wearing a tre- Who let me on set with a treble clef necklace like the music nerd I was, you know? But right. I, I thought that was really funny. So if you if you look, you can see it quite clearly. She's like, I ain't going to be in no damn pageant. Yes. That's, yes. That's Dylan. She went to musical theater school a year or so later. That's so good. Um. Anyway, uh, as far as like other people who could do this. My main person that I want in this movie and I have said I want them in. Literally every role. And I realized I just want them to remake this movie mm-hmm. with Cole Escola in every role. All of these characters. A one are, Cole show. A one Cole show. All of these characters are Cole Escola characters. They would knock it out of the park. And frankly, I think if enough people demand it, they might have to do it. So um, I think we, we should advocate for that. But if not Cole Escola, I thought this is a very logical, like, Anne Hathaway kind of role, like a young Anne Hathaway, oh, young, just very yeah. earnest and that sort of thing. Yeah, that I think, Princess Diaries Anne, I could yes, see that. Yes, yes. A young Rashida Jones, just that kind of, like, oh, sunny, like, that. Yeah. like, comedic energy. And then, like, I think... <laughs> I think she tended tends to play a little bit of like a harder edge than this, but maybe like a Kristen Bell kind of thing. Just people who are funny who would be able to like do that balance. Oh, okay. absolutely. I still think Kirsten Dunst is my favorite. I was trying to think of other yeah. like, especially in the late nineties. I was like, right. I don't know. Looking back, I'm really. I I think she's just like really great for this. Absolutely, one hundred percent agree. Uh, I recommend it for so much, but I could see like a Rosario Dawson in this. Just mm. like someone that's also yes, just so. 
earnest, like earnestness and like open full heart is like mm-hmm. what I want from this. Or like young Jenna Fisher, just thinking of you. Oh, rep, yes. Given Rashida Jones, uh, a little Pam Beasley, like I could totally see that. Or Melissa Fumero, if this was made later of uh, Amy Santiago on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. There's like a certain, we're, I don't know, it's just that certain, that certain earnestness and like openness that mm-hmm. I want from this character where it is like, that's why I was so sad when I saw it the first time. I was like, no, this boy that liked her. Like I really I felt know. for Kirsten Dunst when I, when I saw it the first time. And the second time I was like, I just want things to be okay for this I poor know. girl. She's just trying. She's just, and she's never, you know, she's not like, it doesn't really get down on herself. That's why it's also the fight is kind of shocking. Cause it just feels so like, oh, she is like, had well, she's been enough. pushed to the brink. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, also, like that survived an explosion at her house and was found on her neighbor's roof, and then someone's gonna go still on and the hanger. steal it. Still on the hanger. <laughs> oh, speaking of her wardrobe, it is so gloriously '90s without being like any of the other '90s films we've discussed because she's not like a share. You know, she's not like right. a super fashionable '90s. She, but this is very my high school experience where you're wearing a wide legged pant. She's not wearing a full Janko situation. She's just wearing no. like a wide legged jean and like a three quarter length, like shirt with the, the sleeves, you know, kind of like a, a boys baseball tee type thing. Like this looks very much like so many people, including myself that I went to high school with mm. and looking at these jeans, I was like, and the Gen Sears are giving us crap about skinny jeans. It's like, <laughs> we already tried it. We already did it, and yeah, we the moved jeans, The on. jeans where you could fit three legs in one pant. They're roomy, but do we need them again? No. <laughs> now, uh, now let's. What well, we do want to keep? Let's keep get some pockets going for for women's jeans. Let's get some the, the pockets of a deep bones. baggy jeans. We've got but we don't so gotta make much. we have them be full blown circus pants. This is why I'm just wearing an overall, a stretchy just overall. Wearing this overall, you know, I got yeah. pockets galore. <laughs> Pockets Galore, great track name. Yeah. Uh, it's me, Pockets Galore. Pockets Galore. Uh, and, and, and that's the gag. Is each time it's like, it's got pockets. It's just this outfit. Outfits always have like hundreds of pockets. Uh, so here's what the director said about Kirsten Dunst. I'd just seen her on Celebrity Teen Jeopardy, and she was so sweet and so normal and so guileless. That's the girl who can grab the microphone out of the, here we go, the dead reporter's hand. So oh, from the director, right. he says that reporter is Dead. dead. Guileless is a perfect descriptor of yes. this character. Oh, yeah. Uh, microphone out of the dead reporter's hand and joyfully keep reporting with no guile. There's no evil in her. There's no premeditation. For someone who'd been in movies since she was a kid, like a tiny, tiny kid, she was at ease with being ill at ease, which was charming to me. Mm. Which is, yeah, of all the times of like her with... Because she's also talking to this documentary crew that it is just like so. Yeah. It is that that which is what you want. You want the like I can't talk to you here. I can't talk to you here. My job. Like we got to go somewhere else. Like there's just like a re- the the oh, realism gosh, did of Becky it. Becky see you? With oh. while still doing like leaning into this Minnesota ac- yeah. nice accent. Uh, yeah. So only one other actor that I could find mm. uh, who'd auditioned for this was Melissa Joan Hart. Oh, I understand. At the height of her powers. Of course, Clarissa Sabrina. Yeah, 1999, she was in, smack dab in the middle of Sabrina the Teenage Witch and had just started voicing Aunt Hilda and Aunt Zelda on Sabrina the Animated Series and was starring in the TV movie Sabrina Down Under and had her one big, like, teen movie lead drive me crazy. So 
was a big year for Melissa Joan Hart in 99. Uh, she just wouldn't have had the time for Drop Dead Gorgeous. No, Although I feel I, like this probably shot really quickly based on yeah, budget. And- this is, I can totally see why she would be up for it and why people would want her for it. I do think ultimately Kirsten yeah, Dunst yeah. is a far better actor. Although we have seen many many a melissa joan hart hallmark christmas vehicle and you know what they're all dreadfully wonderful <laughs> have we seen many what have we seen besides at one least two. nutty christmas the or a very nutty Mario sorry a very Lopez. nutty christmas oh of course holiday and handcuffs yes, yes. That's it. this is true well i would i would say based off a very nutty christmas uh that melissa joan hart could have pulled this off based off holiday and handcuffs i think she <laughs> Was in trouble. Was <laughs> in trouble. But I think everybody was in trouble in that movie. Although, you know what? Talk about someone with no premeditation and Holly That's, and handcuffs. Oh. No, no premeditation. She just <laughs> decides to kidnap Mario Lopez at gunpoint and force him to be her boyfriend. But you know what? You still go oh. along with it because it wasn't premeditated. She didn't map out, I'm going to commit a crime today. Well, this is the Holiday Handcuffs podcast, I'm thrilled to say. Unfortunately so. not. Uh, yeah. So let's move on to Gladys Lehman. Amy Jo, your thoughts on Kirstie Alley? The actor or the performance well, in this role? Well, because <laughs> we only have so much time gotcha. for this episode. So let's just talk about her, for this character, for this role. The less said about Kirstie Alley as a person, the, the better. better. Uh, but as far as her as Gladys Lehman, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else. Having never seen an episode of Cheers, this to me is peak Kirstie Alley. Uh, I'm sure those of you who are listeners who love Cheers uh, may be yelling at me, but um, I don't know. She's very funny in this. Like She's definitely leaning harder into the comedy, but it also like works for this kind of bulldozer of a character, I feel. Yeah. Um, especially because she is you might think might be the one who had coordinated to get a crew here the year that her daughter was going to be competing kind of thing. You know, like she seems to be kind of spearheading everything. So it stands to reason that she might, she's also, she, so initially she's kind of acting as our narrator until it's clear that they're like, I think actually we want to focus on this Amber character, which is fun because it would make sense. Like you wouldn't start, by you know you're getting to know all the contestants and then they kind of hone in on the one to follow yeah Um, but that it starts with Kirstie Alley is makes sense also from a writing standpoint which I think is really successful um I have many other thoughts um first and foremost Cola Scola uh would be very (laughs) fun in this role you don't say I do say um my my first thought because this is someone that I love who's who's a bit younger I think probably about like 10, 15 years younger than Kirstie Alley, but Kristen Johnston. Same yeah, on to me, the list. Does everything Kirstie Alley does, but isn't trash. I mean, because we, you, you, listener, if you listen to us on the reg, you know that we're you know. constantly watching those reruns of a Third Rock from the Sun. Yes. What delightful comfort food. And she is so ridiculously so funny. good on that also, show. Also, I think, as you said, there were a couple of times when the mathematics, when you're like, wait a minute, if she did that 17, you're telling me she's how old? You know, like of, of when she allegedly like had her rain as the mount rose uh teen princess like oh yeah um chris kristen johnson probably what would have been about the actually the accurate age meaning she would have had a oh, daughter younger. I see. oh yes because it says it says that like she won she won it 17 years ago when she was 17 so i was like so she's supposed to be 34 here is what that implies right which i think Kristen Johnson would have been about that yeah. age at this time. So that not that that is the end. No, be all, who, cares, who cares? But you know, 
Yeah. Um, regardless. Um, regardless. That's the top of my list. I also think if this were done more recently, like Maya Rudolph could be very funny. Would love. Um, I think earlier than 99, maybe a Goldie Hawn kind of oh, moment. Yeah. And then I would be remiss not to mention Catherine O'Hara. Same. I've got Catherine O'Hara on my list. Well, I mean, know. especially as Moira Rose. Like, that's what I want. It's not also like, who Moira do I, Rose. who do you want? To start your film as the like, I'm the lead. I'm the one bringing you in. And I'm the lead, and end camouflage. it in camouflage sni- with a sniper rifle. It's like that's and that's like Catherine Harris or very different choices. I could see Bette Midler. I think would be incredible. Ooh, I love it. Or opposite end of the spectrum, Sally Field. I thought of Sally Field. I did. Yeah, it's like that's what it, Sally Field, the, the flying nun, Sally Field with camo and a sniper okay. rifle. My- my mom, my brother and I, like, in high school, were like, what is the flying nun? And my mom's like, oh, well, it's Sally Field as a nun, and she's got a big wimple, and so it just, like, she's small, and it pulls her up in the she's wind, pulls her up in the air, and she she flies around and solves mysteries. And we were just like, this synopsis is the greatest thing I've ever heard. The wind, but the wind pulls her up in the air, and she oh, flies around and solves mysteries. Oh, boy. So, according to the director, Kirstie Alley refused to try on many of the costumes the wardrobe department had picked for Gladys, instead asking for them to be sent to the Scientology Celebrity Center in Hollywood to try them on there. Yeah, she was very difficult to work with, unsurprisingly. You think? From, from the jump. Apparently, that makes the, the lines about, like, isn't my dress beautiful? Like, mm, all, all the yeah, more, um, like, pointed. Yeah, apparently, like, the first day, I forget, one of the actors said that, like, she like stood up to like it to like hi everyone and like to let them know i've just quit smoking i'm on a diet and i just started my period and they're like oh like you're being funny it's like no she like she was not joking it was just to warn like i am pretty pissed at everything right now which on the one hand you know i kind of appreciate being like you all know i just quit smoking uh and so i'm gonna be I might come off a little brusque, but I have a feeling that was more of a like, uh, so I'm going to kind of do my thing and don't get in my way. For sure. Yes. Now, and this is the actor's name, Mindy Sterling, who plays the second in command, who's in Austin Powers. So good. And and I think like all those early scenes work really well because Because they work as a great double act. Um, Gladys. Gladys. (laughs) uh, And now she called Allie a hoot to work with and said, quote, at one point we were working on something and she looks at me and goes, maybe I should have read the script. And it just made me laugh. Uh, but the writer, Lona Williams, did not find this onset memory so humorous. And her response to Ali's maybe I should have read the script comment was a sardonic, you think? Yikes. I want to say a quick thing about Mindy Sterling, yeah. that, which, you know, I don't you don't know whose idea anything was. But there's this great moment where she's out on the stage, like in the middle of the pageant, and she doesn't adjust the microphone. She's much shorter oh, than yeah. Kirstie Alley, but she doesn't just the mic. She's instead... I'm trying to act it out, which is going to get me off my... She's, like, trying to pull her neck up to where she can be, like, the most heard. Yeah, the rather mic is than pointing just, like, at her forehead. It, yeah. It's just... It's a great little touch. Because it's that's the kind of, like, small thing where you're like, yes, because that is believable. That yes, that's, like, that's exactly, real life. One, that's that you would, if, you don't, if you're not around mics, you wouldn't... Also, you'd be like, I can't... I'm not going to touch not, this. It also taught me, like, you're not going to touch Gladys's mic. Gladys oh, wants it to yeah. be easy. But mm. also, yeah, this woman is like, she didn't know anything about microphones. Like, to me, it just read, like, so real. Realistically, the number of times I've seen professionals who just don't use handheld mics a lot because a lot of 
musical theater actors are used to wearing a lav, which is like a little mic that's on your body. Mm -hmm. So your hands are free. But people who aren't used to doing concert work, watching them awkwardly, I'm like, just move something, you know? But it's <laughs> it's like that kind of thing. I was like, oh, it's so good. Those little touches that really texturize the entire film. Definitely. Uh, so as far as other acts, oh, that sound normally means it's time to play a quick round of Two Truths and Some Guy. But today it's going to be Two Lies and Some Person. Gender mm. is dead. So the way it works, one of the following actors was up for the role of Gladys and two were not. Two are the lies. And Amy Joe's did guess which is which. Hmm. Your options are Sigourney Weaver, Barbara Streisand, and Kathleen Turner. Wow. So only one was up for the role of Gladys. But, but one of them was. But, but one of them was. Siggy, Babs, and old Kate. And old Katie Turns. <laughs> Katie, Kate, Kate. Siggy Weaves, Babs, and Katie Turns. Those are three very distinct voices and looks. Oh my gosh. I'm going to say the person that was considered is Barbara. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Kathleen Turner. Incorrect. <gasps> Sigourney Weaver was sought for the role. Now, if she had been cast, it's 1999, so we might not have been able to have her in Galaxy Quest. Oh. So thankfully, mercifully, Sigourney Weaver was not available to do Drop to Gorgeous. That's my opinion, folks, because Galaxy Quest, iconic. It is. This movie also, I think people have very strong feelings about, but I also think Kirstie Alley oh, yeah. does. I think she's perfectly oh. service. I think she's perfectly serviceable. I think she's she ranges from like, where I'm like, this is okay and could be better to like mm -hmm. legit, like this is funny. This yeah. is like, she's doing a fine job. The writer, not a fan of her work at all, yeah. uh, has gone on in more in interviews. They've done like a, like retrospective for like the 20 year anniversary. I think now we're all okay with is. people publicly yeah. saying no thanks. Well, Kirstie yes, Alley. yes, yes, yes. Um, um, but that's, but yeah, you're not going to put Kirstie Alley in Galaxy Quest. Well, no. Well, the director said that the Sigourney Weaver version of Gladys would have been a little more composed. You think? Kirstie, <laughs> would have wanted to be Sigourney Weaver. The way Kirstie played her was like Gladys would have liked to be her, but couldn't be. She was too bananas to maintain a facade of any sort, which was cool, mm -hmm. which I think that's the difference. Yeah. Like we kind of, from the jump, you're like, what's wrong with this person? Totally. This person is an overbearing nightmare who probably which, I mean, is the one murdering it everyone. It works that everyone in town hates them all openly too, yeah, you know? Yeah. Like you're like, well, yeah, everyone that would hate them. But it's not like a mystery, you no. know, that we go from the guy that gets shot in the head being ruled a hunting accident and we cut to Denise Richards with her gun that you're like, yeah, this family is no good. Yeah. Uh, opposed to burying the lead and being like, who could it it's be? It's a mystery. I love the moment where they're pulling apart uh, Denise Richards and and Kirsten Dunst it, when when they're like fighting in the hallway yeah. and and uh, the the number two Mindy Sterling yes. is like pulling up and she's like I hate her and and she goes I know dear we all do <laughs> it's like yeah that's good. that's so good so good uh, but let's move on to Annette Atkins Amy Joe your thoughts on Ellen Barkin and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else I think she's very funny in this I think I had retroactively not remembered it as being very funny in part because this is gonna wow my snob card is about to i'm about to whip it out in full force oh my because when i saw the normal heart on broadway in 2011 yes. um she gave a performance that everyone couldn't shut on up the broadway about, stage yes um that i thought was 98 percent yelling mm. and i was like well i'm that why do we give a tony to someone for screaming you know um 
And I think that that colored my memory of this performance and going back and watching, I'm like, I think she's very funny, you know, and it's very lived in. I find her and Allison Janney very charming together. I would say it's like also another great double pair. Totally. Yeah. I love, I love that there's so many great female roles in this movie, you know, and it's primarily like women who also, it's just like letting women do. Yeah. Ridiculous comedy is, is really fun for me. So 100%. That is one of the great things about the film. As much as like, there are things that don't hold up or things that are like, for sure, just rough to watch in, in the year 2021. Uh, it is great seeing all of these women, like hysteric, like hysterical women Very getting funny. to be funny. And yeah, uh, yeah especially getting to see the two of them together, um, Ellen Barkin and Alice. Just, like, just let Alice and Janie just run wild. Oh just let goodness. her do it just all. Also getting to see like, I mean, they were probably like in their early 40s around this time, like getting to see women of that age, like who it's just like you're just going to get to be funny and like we we just recently rewatched Bridesmaids. And I feel like that's a kind of similar thing where it's like just like talented people who yeah. like get to just like play a ridiculous character i find it very satisfying as oh, well 100 percent. as far as other options uh top of my list cola cola and then <laughs> under Damn coal it. i have i have written annalee ashford in the future oh sure and truly sure. watching ellen barkin i was just like this is a role that Annalie would be very funny and mm-hmm. she's too young. Um, but yeah. she's like 34 or 35, you know, but, um, it's like her son is like maybe three, not, uh, not a high school. Right. Um, <laughs> I was like, Oh man, this would be a very fun role for her. I'm sure there are a lot of other like great people, but I didn't have a ton of thoughts for this as much as I did for like some of the other characters that maybe weren't even, uh, right. uh on the roster that we we're discussing yeah. today. Well, that's perfectly fine. Uh, yeah, I think Ellen Barkin is fine in this. For me, honestly, it's a little, this is one of the performances that slips a little into where it's too broad for me, mm-hmm. uh, especially when she's like had the accident, which happens so early on of where she's now fused to this beer can. And she's mm-hmm. kind of as if she's on meds, that she's on drugs for that. That there's a lot of the rest of the performance to me where she just feels like out of it acting. I took that to be that she was on Medicaid. They yeah. have her IV drip well, with yeah. her at all times. Totally. Right, right, right. <laughs> at but the pageant. She's right. got the IV drip. For me, that her. all kind of blended together in like sure. kind of a wash. But I have liked her in many other things, uh, Ellen Barkin, and I think she's perfectly fine in the role. I, I just, it just wasn't quite what I wanted. And mm-hmm. I wonder if instead you get Amy Sedaris. That's I what I want. Number one with the yeah, bullet. Yeah, yeah. Or, because also like she's supposed to be a former contestant but it's also i think it's like who cares like they can it's now years later they can yeah. you can cast whoever give me kathy bates oh, that's why i want screaming for their smokes it's like that's of like who's like the yeah that's the mom swigging beer give me my smokes and i feel, I feel like this is the same year as the water boy which is like another mama performance mm-hmm. um but either of those two i would like who was sought was goldie hahn Interesting. You know what? Funnily enough, Amy Sedaris is on my list, my longer list for mm. the Gladys character. Would also be great for that. Because but like she this, obviously like yeah. this is more of a the mom is more of a Jerry Blank kind of character. That's and, what I was thinking. And Gladys is more of her like at home with Amy Sedaris kind of like oh, yeah. 50s you know, uh, homemaker. You, Amy Sedaris? D- dual role? You know what? Amy Sedaris and Cola Scola very they, famously work together all the time. Oh, well, there you go. But it is like famously because I think Ellen Barkett and Kirstie Alley, they did not overlap filming on the film because they don't have any scenes oh, together, right. I don't believe. So they're all filmed. Any scenes that they're in separately. together are being shot audience only or right. stage only. Right. So you could have it be an Amy Sedaris dual 
role. Now we are talking, talking people. Uh, <laughs> and the director, Jan, said, as for the Goldie Hawn version of Annette, I think, quote, I think she would have been less dirty. So I don't know if that means, like, physically dirty or just, like, within, like, vocally, like, I, I, like of how she talks. Like, I don't know what he meant by that in terms of the Goldie Hawn version. Dirty, I mean, I'm kind of thinking less, like, filthy but it's I, not I don't, like know, I don't know if he talking, means like trashy right. or if he means like yeah i don't know like filthy like naughty is what i am I'm oh interesting I, I didn't like, consider dirty in that sense because alice janney is like the horn dog totally. of the two. that's what i was just, i was like is there i don't know i don't know either but i'm interested in the goldie hawn version which yeah. is also very different from like the goldie hawn that i'm personally used to i mean mm-hmm. a huge career Goldie Hawn so I'm sure she had movies that were more of this kind of like you know living in a trailer like get me get me my smokes if oh this documentary crew if they want you to take your top off get the money first yeah it also would be really funny for an audience to see Goldie Hawn do something like this you oh, definitely. know just could be caught to play against everything that we typically see Goldie Hawn do yeah I mean I get it you're so Sigourney Weaver and Goldie Hawn as oh like your two or you get Goldie Hawn as the mom and Kate Hudson as Amber oh my god that's there you go that's actually that's that's kind of fun and Meryl as Gladys we get a death becomes her reunion we get Meryl as Gladys and Mamie Gummer as uh <laughs> <laughs> as Denise Richards yes you you keep it all in the all family. in the family um but speaking of uh let's now move on to rebecca becky and lehman amy joe your thoughts on denise richards same year as the world is not enough which is because i think she was like the oldest yeah, of all the teens she was like she in was born 40- in 1971 and kirsten dunst in 82 yeah so she was like 28 i think when filming this so a perfectly fine age to be playing a bond girl but when it's the same year where you're playing a high schooler is so skeevy to me yeah uh, well, as playing christmas eve Okay, so earlier this week, we watched me for the first time, Tammy and the T-Rex, in which she is truly like, actually like. Yeah, early a, a, 90s. Yeah, like like probably 18 or mm-hmm. 19 or something like that, you know. We so. all know the story. Her <laughs> her boy, her boyfriend, played by Paul Walker, he dies. and After his, being his, mauled to death by a lion. He gets mauled by a lion, and his brain gets put into an animatronic T-Rex, and Denise Richards has to help him. And, you know, it tail as, as old as, as time. time. Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the animatronic T-Rex. Anyway, so she's like... I thought she looked like quite young in this, but having just rewatched, right, not right. Re- having just watched Tammy and the T-Rex, I was like, oh, she was a, <laughs> a wee bairn. Um, this is, so we had a, an interesting short discussion as we are wont to do after we watch something, which we then have to say like, stop, stop. We have Save to talk about it on the Save pod. The pod. Um, we had a, a discussion about how she and Kirstie Alley are almost like too believable as these actual people in a way that makes you really want to, smack them which is like good but you also wonder if this were in the hands of someone who was like truly a comedic actor and Mm. not like someone who is like an actor who's used to doing like light comedy you know and i think she's i think she's very good in this i should say i think she like fully commits fully denise richards is nothing if not just like 100 in what she's ever whatever she's doing i mean i can't speak to real housewives but i'm assuming it's the same like it um, feels like just everything disgusts her yes about all of the people that she goes to school with there's like such she can barely hide the, the snobbery and the, the snideness way they have blown out her hair so perfectly there's not a stray anything out of place the scarves oh man i just remembered 
I had some dresses in the 90s that had scarves that came with them. I'm talking of a flimsy, like, purple scarf that you could drape mm-hmm. around your shoulder or, like Denise Richards is wearing them, like, around her neck, which just makes her look even more like a giraffe, you know? Yeah. Swan. Swan. Um, oh, dear. Not the swan. I didn't mean to go there. Sorry. Sorry, Kablooey. Denise Richards. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I was wondering if... Someone like Rachel McAdams played her, which of course we like saw right. Mean Girls. Like we all know what that, that's a very easy leap to make, I think. But someone who was like maybe an even more deft, a much more deft actor might, I don't know how much nuance you need or want from this role, but I, I'm interested in Because they what, don't really have an arc, you know? No. She's the same as she, be, she's the same at the start and she's the same when she blows up in that swan. But that doesn't mean that a, an actor with more depth you still find nuance nuance yeah i I get you i bring a little more to it absolutely um oh i also have cola scola on this i i then thought about (laughs) i said every part um i then thought about obviously a little younger but like annie murphy from schitt's creek like someone like that i mean obviously again like a a different it's kind of like a different take if you're doing it like alexis but i wonder like someone like that who also looks very similar and you kind of obviously totally by as this like queen bee kind of thing but she's so funny like i wonder if someone that funny played that part like what that does yeah i i mean at various times i could see like an amanda peep at mm. this time mm-hmm. or an angelina jolie if this was made oh, a little right. earlier uh i could see a gabrielle union mm-hmm. uh, and elizabeth banks I could see oh, is a little just a, I, not perf- perfect for me, but I kind of dig. Uh, or maybe later I could see Tessa Thompson, a certain of like the totally the rigidness of just like I am the leader, I am the one that there, wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I th- I could see of any of those, but I think Denise Richards does a great job. Not someone I would ever think to recommend for anything, uh, but I think she's does great work here. Yeah. I think it's great. It really is. I just wanted to smack her as soon as she cocked that gun. I was like, she shot him in the head. She's getting off. <laughs> Does she get her comeuppance? Oh, she Boy, got, does she. She sure <laughs> did. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, one other actor up for the role of Becky. Talking about Melissa Joan Hart at the height of her power, Sarah Michelle Geller. Oh, interesting. Which now, I, I wasn't a Buffy watcher, but you were. I so. sure was. This was season four of Buffy, so this was not a great season for Buffy. Uh, but she also had Cruel Intentions because mm-hmm. 1999. Uh, and Simply Irresistible, which is the fantasy romance comedy chef film? Never watched mark? any of them. Still haven't, still happy. Uh, <laughs> but Cruel Intentions, I would see, I've seen multiple times always on TV. So I've only seen, seen the TV edit of Cruel Intentions. I've but... only seen one scene with Christine Baranski in it that I watched because I was unfortunately called in for the tour of the musical. And I was like, well, I guess I should I know what's I going guess on. I guess you're going to watch this. Uh, oh, though, speaking of Cruel Intentions... For Annette, I would also like a Swoozy Kurtz. Huh. Swoozy Kurtz, mm-hmm. yelling for her smokes. Mm-hmm. Mostly just thinking of her in Pushing Daisies, where she's just very acerbic with her eye, like her eye patch and her just like such yeah. a grump. Um, but yeah, so Sarah Michelle Geller auditioned, did not get the role, but she was, I'm sure, too busy as well. Uh, but I could see that. I could see Sarah Michelle Geller sure. doing that. I mean, also thinking of her in Cruel Intentions of like, yeah, I, I dig that. I dig that. Uh, but so those were all the characters that I found other casting options for. But there are a few characters we did not mention, so I want to briefly touch on them. We've got Leslie Miller, Amy Adams' film debut, as I said, which she auditioned for while on hiatus at the dinner theater where she'd been performing. Mm-hmm. And the director said, I remember Amy coming in, and immediately I was like, well, that's it. She's got that part. Uh, 
which I love. I mean, she's so good. Her film debut. She's and it's so just like good. right out the gate. It's so wild because I truly, I hadn't seen this since she became Amy Adams. I don't think I've seen this really since early college. Yeah. Maybe, you know. I, I could see her in the Amber role. I could see her in the Kirsten I, well, Dunst absolutely. role. I think that's the thing. If it's a few years later, like she's up for that, you know. Right. But like at this, I, I just had forgotten. Like I, when we were going to watch this, I was like thinking about that character. And I was like. Her face looks familiar. Who is that? And then, but this is before we sat down and watched it. And then she comes on screen. You're like Amy Adams. I was like, what? Because it's also her yeah. face looks like longer than it does now in a different. You know how people like kind of grow into their faces more in their twenties. Like, yeah, it's just so wild. I was like, I didn't. How did I remember this character and not have a clue? Was Amy Adams. It does feel like the audition for Catch Me If You Can, which I feel like was like oh. the real big God, thing. She's good in that. She's so good in that. So heartbreaking in that. Uh, Talk about someone with a ton of nuance playing a role that could have you could have done it fine without that much nuance that catch me if you can roll but because you had amy adams in it yeah. like she's devastating even, even this role this is even this a small role, role that is like constantly uses a joke that she's just a cheerleader that gets knocked up and then winds but, up as an but exotic she dancer not but played like no. a joke you know no, no it's it's like i mean that when she's just like yeah i mean you know i'm i'm like a few weeks late or like i'm a two months late or whatever it was and like how yeah you know? it's like how'd you yeah it's like no no are you nervous about the the pageant it's like Oh yeah, yeah. It's just like so. It's perfectly natural, which is why like it works so well in like yeah. a document for a mockumentary mm -hmm. like this. Um, she's so good. So the screenwriter Lona Williams wanted to be the candy striper in the hospital scenes, mm -hmm. um, but they like the producers told her she was too old, which stinks and is stupid. Wow. Yeah. So instead. She is the third judge of the pageant. So she is the one that just doesn't speak and is always she's just looks iconic. She's so good as this judge. It is stupid that she doesn't get to speak. Um, if she wanted to be the candy striper, it's like she wrote the dang film. It's like, who, what are you talking about? But she is, I mean, it is funny. Her, she's always just so like, she that just seems so despondent. Like, yes, yeah, seared into my memory. <laughs> oh, that's so good. And in talking about the judges, the, uh, Matt Malloy, who plays the judge John Doe, who's the one that's constantly Doe creeping. Like yeah, D O U G H. Like pizza Doe, but he's the one that's constantly creeping on all the girls. Mm -hmm. He's just like, oh, I've got a video camera in my car for you know car accidents or there's an accident or whatnot. So he said that uh, being recognized is always a bit of a mixed blessing sure. because he said six times in my life I have been in a public setting, once in a mall, once at a bakery each time with a lot of people around and a teenage girl has turned and yelled, you're the pervert. And I put my hands up and say, in a movie, in a movie, finish the sentence. But there's this moment where the whole place turns and it's just like, oh, you're no. hanging by your balls, kid. That still happens. Uh <laughs> no, that's what you get with a cult classic. I know, but to be like, oh, you're the pervert. It's like, that's, that's life. Um, <laughs> So as we briefly mentioned earlier, which is kind of immediately dropped that the one girl who was adopted by this uh, Asian American family, mm -hmm. this Japanese American couple and who have a daughter, which I was like, oh, is like, because that's interesting. If like, does she is his daughter? I thought I remembered it being a bigger component that they had, she yeah. have something to do. I And she really doesn't. It's no. really mainly that one like first little. And then she's sitting out there in the audience head. and they're all wearing T-shirts with the yeah. other daughter's face on them. So she is a Japanese pop superstar. Wow. Psycho Matsuda. And she was fit into the movie by New Line Studio 
because they sold the international rights to the film and they wanted to appeal to the Japanese moviegoers. So they, she's also a, like a tiny role in Armageddon the previous year, which I'm assuming is for a similar reason. It's like you give her one line or two lines and then you in, in the poster, you could be wow. like, yeah, she's got a bigger role in this film or whatever chicanery that you want to do. Yeah, it's such a tiny, tiny role. But she's apparently a, was a huge pop star in Japan at the time. Wow. We have Lisa Swenson, Brittany Murphy, who's oh, so good. So charming. So, so charming wonderful. Oh, I felt very called out by a number of the uh of her, all the this. theater basically between the britney murphy character and the soylent green girl oh yeah. the drama girl i was like her monologue from soylent green. like i have no room to judge yeah. these people because <laughs> yes i had like a broadway posters and stuff everywhere and yes i took myself extremely seriously as an actor i sang a norma desmond song at a talent show when i was 16 i said as i sang as if we never said goodbye <laughs> at a high school i had just started going to didn't see the irony i just found the karaoke track so i was like oh i have i have no room to judge these people because i am these 16 are... going on glenn close <laughs> Excuse so me, good. Gloria Swanson. So good. Yes, but from the Broadway oh, musical. Oh, Betty Buckley, really? Oh, Betty Buckley. Betty sure, Buckley and sure. I from the same hometown. Oh, there you go. Oh, man. Yeah. So I definitely like her with like the Les Mis poster on her ceiling. Kind of I was like, oh, wow. Yes. Wowie, wow. Oh, that's so good. So that when I when you wake up, you could be looking at Les Mis. You're looking at little Cosette. Looking at that little Cosette. Uh, yeah. It, I loved it. Always loved it. Always makes me sad that we lost Ugh. Brittany Murphy because she was so, so good. She was so good in these films. So and I feel like charming. she's also someone that just never got the credit that she deserved. She's so funny. Like having rewatched Clueless for the podcast and like, and this is like, she was so good. Yep. And we got to talk about that Allison Janney. So good. Allison Janney as Loretta, she said she's recognized by fans for this movie more than anything else in her career. Truly? That's what she said. Wow. It is a cult. This movie is a cult. No, I know. Classic. Again, target um, demo. So it, that might also be just at the time of, I think there's like a 15 year retrospective. Uh -huh. So at that time, it maybe had been. She hadn't uh, got a sitcom named Mom yet, you know? I guess not. I and mean, I don't know West Wing. You, oh yeah, West Wing. Well, it's also maybe just like the kind of people that will come up to you. Are of like maybe young not a West girls Wing viewer, yeah. will come up to you more likely than the West Wing viewer or whatnot. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Um, but Allison Jenny said, I had just done a view from the bridge on Broadway with Brittany Murphy and John oh. Papsidera cast dropped at Gorgeous because I think Brittany auditioned for the movie and told him he needed to cast me in it if I'm not crazy. So I think Brittany Murphy, because she was Catherine in View from the Bridge, and according to Janie, like, Brittany Murphy's like, hey, you gotta cast this, this Alice and Janie that I'm working with on Broadway would be great in this role. So she credits Brittany Murphy for getting her the part, which I think was so sweet. That's and like, great. yeah, lift up your fellow actors, yeah. people. Also, Alice and Janie would be great in that role in View from the Bridge. Like, I wish She I got nominated that. for a Tony. Well, there you go. Uh, and she said, quote, it was a great summer, hanging out with Ellen Barkin and being completely silly, and Kirsten, who is such a lovely girl, we felt like that was something special. I felt like I went to high school with those girls. And she had a large hand in helping establish Loretta's look, including the over-the-top orange tan. She said, maybe her neck would be a different color than her face. And then we discussed that her idea of glamour might not be everyone's. She might wear blue eyeshadow with bright red lipstick. She definitely had a confused sense of glamour, a trailer park tinged sense of glamour. And she said, I was sitting in an airport next to these teenagers and they were quoting lines that Loretta said. It took me a while. I was like, well, that sounds familiar. 
And then all of a sudden I realized, oh, they're talking about Loretta. And then I said, excuse me, did you know that I played Loretta? And they started screaming. And of course they had a huge photo op afterward. They really didn't know they were sitting next to me. It was great. Wow. Yeah, they're just quoting her from this movie, which I love. I love that. Uh, How how wonderfully random. Uh, Like I would have assumed it's like, oh, because they're They're like, they see her there. They're trying to get her attention. Uh, But no, no, they just... She's just that popular in this role for the, for the girls, for the girls, for the girls. And she is, she really is. It really is an MVP Ugh. performance for me. I can never get enough of that Allison Janney. Never. Uh, and yeah, like I could also see her as a, uh, as Annette. Absolutely. Or yeah. even as the Gladys. I could see her as a, uh, you know. Oh, sure. In the, well, true West did. We'll have her and uh, Amy Sedaris switch, switch off we every, every day of filming. And then Cola Scola will play all the contestants. There you go. Done. Love it. So final thoughts on Drop Dead Gorgeous Amy Joe. Anything we haven't touched on? Anything we didn't get to? Yes, a few things I enjoyed. One was that the name of this like mom's group is the Civil Servettes. Ooh. That made me laugh Civil very hard. Um, oh, and then my usual technical questions. Mm-hmm. When they're doing their talents, how is Denise Richards's tiny voice being amplified over the track? She doesn't have a mic. She's just singing quietly. I bet you they can't even hear her in the second row. How are Kirsten Dunst's taps being amplified? Like, are there floor mics? Seriously doubted. It. It's a high school auditorium. These are questions I always have watching Yeah, her these song things. especially was quite loud. Yeah. How are you, like, having just done a show, just, <laughs> having recently, before pandemic times, done a show where I was singing and there was a tap dancer tapping like it was a nightmare trying to get the track loud enough to be exciting but quiet enough to where you could hear the taps i also will say and this is maybe a little shady of me but if you're going to use a tap double which clearly they did the way it shot it's like here's her feet here's her face here's her feet here's a turn why not make the dance harder i just thought it wasn't that technically complicated well i kind of like that it wasn't because then you I see you, then you see another tap dancer that Kirsten unsees who is arguably better and her being like, I should just go home. So I feel like you kind of need, you want that. You want like, okay, well what's, what's like the hot, the bar where, where do you set the bar? You know, I guess I I, I, I totally get what you're saying. I wonder though, if they, could she not have had like a few wings or something? I bought it, but you know, I was like, of this teeny tiny town, it's not like her dream is to get out of town by being a famous tap dancer. You know, if it was, then I think that you do want like, an incredible dancer, but I was I was fine with it You've as, as someone who me. loves a tap dance. I know you do. It was still more impressive than I could do. You've convinced me. Um, oh, I also would be remiss not to mention the um, the physical fitness number where they're doing all the pain. They're they're on all the ladders. Yeah, I was like, this is stool boom meets mine hair. <laughs> uh, I also have it a really note. Is. Boy, was it ever the nineties. Um, that was about a lot of things, I'm sure. Um, oh, also, there, I hadn't listened to this in preparation for this episode, but I just listened to it because I like this podcast. But the podcast You're Wrong About, which I talk about all the time, they did a two-parter on Vanessa Williams and her whole scandal with the Miss America pageant and everything. But mm. it's a very interesting listen. Um, if you, It's just they just did it like earlier this month, last month, sometime. Um, but it's very interesting talking about like the whole pageant system and just – like what they'll all kind of go through. So it was interesting kind of accidentally prepping for the satire of the pageant world by, by listening to this account of Vanessa Williams, just like trying to like 
you know, get some scholarship money. Yeah. That's really why she did it. She's like, I don't awesome. care about all this. Yeah. Vanessa Williams also would be a great Becky. Oh, perfect. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and bring the life experience. There you, you know? go. There you go, people. Um, also, shout out to the kitten heels in the intro. Appreciated that. <laughs> and uh, loved in, in the whole like uh, intro video where Adam West is like here TV's in TV's Batman. TV's Batman here in and then goes beautiful Mount Rose, yeah. Minnesota. Oh, so funny. I howled. <laughs> it was so good. Such a good laugh line right up top. Uh, and just him just like, and you'll, you know, you'll uh, stay in a hotel, you'll meet celebrities. It's like like just pointing, and all gesturing the, all to the himself. Girls are like, <laughs> oh, it was great. And I, I love that he had that. Please, please poke fun at yourself, Adam West, which yes. he then was uh great at doing, playing, I believe. I believe himself in Family Guy that he was oh, just yes. Mayor Adam West. So I'll end with this. While producing the film, producer Gavin Pallone found himself intrigued by the complicated mother-daughter relationships depicted. He arrived at the idea of a TV series that would explore another mother and daughter who were close in age, though less of a mess than anyone in Dropped It Gorgeous, and pitched the concept to writer Amy Sherman Palladino, as Pallone said, Gilmore Girls wouldn't exist if I had not produced that movie wow now i've never watched it but i know people f have incredibly deep feelings about gilmore girls so yeah so wow. if you're one of those many many fans of the girls of those gilmore girls you can thank drop dead gorgeous wow i love knowing that what a fun fact jeffrey oh uh, thanks that's all that i have are fun <laughs> facts <laughs> amy joe Yes. What are you recommending this week? I'm going to recommend uh, a podcast uh, called Maintenance Phase. It's rel relatively new. It is co-hosted by Michael Hobbs, who is one of the co-hosts of You're Wrong About. Uh, and it's basically looking at all the different uh, lies we've been so sold in the media about like weight loss and diet culture. So the hosts are both like self-identified fat people who, you know, they go through all these different uh, like fad diets and different uh, like substances and that sort of thing. It's, it's fascinating, but also it's handled with like such humor and, and love. Like I find it a very comforting, funny podcast. That's also fascinating. It's not like unpack, a lot of stuff. There's a whole episode on like Dr. Oz and all, all sorts of different things. And I thought, especially since there was, uh, there was the eating disorder stuff in this film, I was mm. like, let me just offer something. There's a whole episode on, uh, eating disorders that, that they tackle and it, they again, do it with like just great nuance and, uh, love. And it's, it's really great. And it's also, I can't stress enough that it's very, a very fun lesson as well. So check out Maintenance Phase. Love it. Jeff. Amy Joe. What are you recommending? <laughs> well, because we watched it, uh, I am actually going to recommend Tammy and the T-Rex. <laughs> well, you know, you, with Denise hoot. Richards. And Denise Richards, once again, giving it her all, fully committing to true. that her boyfriend's brain is in this animatronic T-Rex. It is true. It, it is a movie that you really need to see to believe because it is yes. so stupid and bananas that um, this movie got made because they had a animatronic t-rex available for two weeks and they're like great we're gonna make a movie it's like what's the plot doesn't matter we'll figure it out it is bananas bananas uh and if you want a terrible film i mean he gets attacked by a lion and then they cut to the hospital and he doesn't have a scratch on him but you know he's what like it reminded me of near death was seeing starship troopers in high school and denise richards has something blow up in her face and then the next time we see her there's a tiny 
tiny teeny, mark teeny, like on her forehead or cheek or something. And I, remember, and I remember being like, that's ridiculous. And then to see Denise Richards in this movie and have the exact same thing happen to her boyfriend, I was like, well, you can't you can't put a mark on a pretty person's face. I don't know about that. <laughs> you can not. Uh, but yeah, I'd recommend Tammy the T-Rex. It's streaming on Shudder right now if you, if you got it. Uh, it's just the one of the stupidest things I've seen in quite some time. So if you want a good stupid watch, uh, that's what I recommend. And that's what we're recommending this week. Da-da-da. Do you have a movie that you'd love for us to break down the casting of? Email us at endalmoststarring at gmail.com and let us know. And thank you again to Kate for requesting. Thanks, Kate. Drop dead gorgeous. Thanks thank for you. your patience. Uh, if you would like to know what movie we're doing next week, or if you're just in general a fan of shenanigans, find us on Instagram or Facebook at endalmoststarring and give us a follow. Until next time, I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And thanks for joining us to see who almost starred. Almost starred.